Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, president and founder of Unpacking It Ministries, a ministry for sports fans, and the podcast and radio show is a part of what we do. Uh, But we also have devotionals that you can sign up for free to receive in your email inbox each weekday morning. Just go to unpackingit.com. You can also find our devotionals on the Bible app on your phone. Just search Unpack This. You can follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio, and you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. We've got a fun interview for you today. His name is Brandon Williams. He was an NFL wide receiver, and he has a really unique perspective on finances, and you'll hear him share about how he went bankrupt after his playing career was over and the reality that that's something like 70% of NFL players go bankrupt uh, in the following years right after their career and, and or they have major financial issues. And, and so he talks a little bit about that and then also shares his faith journey and, and, and what it was like growing up having influences on on different sides from different religions and and so uh very fascinating to hear stick around after the interview i've got a couple other takeaways uh that i want to talk about but but enjoy this conversation with brandon williams our guest today is a former nfl wide receiver who spent time with the 49ers rams and steelers after being a third round pick in 2006 out of wisconsin currently he's a broadcaster speaker life and business coach and author his book is called millionaire mindset seven principles athletes need for financial freedom he's also a husband and father of four i'm excited to be joined by brandon williams to talk faith football and life Brandon, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I am excellent, brother. I appreciate the introduction, and I'm happy to be on the show um, and just enjoying the day. There you go. Me too. Well, well. first off, uh, I, I want to jump right in with, with your story and what was life like growing up for you, and how did you end up choosing to pursue football? Wow. Well, I started playing football at six. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a single parent home, mm. uh, a lot of strong women in my life and a lot of strong males as well. I have three uncles, four uncles that are very influential in my life at, from, from my birth. Um, and so really, uh, football and sports was just something that was in me. So I had uncles who played baseball, uh, football, ran track. And I had an aunt that played basketball. My mother ran track in high school. My grandfather ran track in high school. So I come from a, a nice lineage of athletes already. And so the natural progression uh, to football was there because my uncles were playing semi-pro and they were actually coaches when I was younger. Oh. And so at my, I was, I was so blessed that even when I got to high school, my uncles were my coach in high school. Nice. Uh, and then they went off and coached in college when I went off and, and, and attended college. So Football was something that was always an integral part of of my life. Uh, Like I said, I started playing when I was six years old, and I just started to excel in the sport. Um, I was never the biggest, never the fastest, Mm. uh, but I always was one of the best players on the team. And so, 
you know, I just kept working on it and, and kept putting in the time and just, uh, you know, looking at the examples that I had in front of me of coaches and players that I had around me. And so I just love playing the game. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And so you end up at Wisconsin. You have a nice college career. You're, you're a third-round draft pick. And and so when you look back at your time in the NFL, what was the experience like, and, and how do you view that time in your life? Man, that was one of the most blessed times in my life. Like I said, I was never the biggest, fastest, or the strongest, man. I used I, I always joke with people. I wore a medium sized glove. So how the heck was a kid with medium sized hands, you know, just have stick? Did I use stick them? I don't know. Oh, uh, but I was just so blessed, man. I was blessed to be in that position, um, and I was very fortunate enough that, you know, God seemed fit for me to to make that step from a physical standpoint, really playing with 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 guys that were much bigger than me and much stronger than me, um, and, and just. The NFL experience is one that you know that you're an elite athlete. You know you have reached the heights of mm. athleticism in the NFL, and that's just a, a privileged place to be. And so, you know, when you're there, uh, you kind of take it for granted. Mm. Um, and so uh, you, you may not put in as much work as you should um, until you have that moment where you first get cut from a team and you're like, oh, man, it could be gone tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And so – you know, I always say I wish I would have drunk a few more protein shakes and, and took some more creatine and I may have stuck around a little longer. I don't know. But Man. it was definitely a blessed experience. And I was so, so excited to be there and just the relationships that I have built from the men that I've been introduced to and connected with guys like Mike Singletary, uh, yeah. Jerry Sullivan. You know, just being able to connect with people like that and just learn the game of football and life at the same time. I mean, I, guys like Isaac Bruce, man, yeah. like Orlando Pace, Tory Holt. Like I was, I grew up watching them in high school, yeah. and then I got to play with them on the same team uh, my third year in the NFL, and so that was just crazy, man. Gosh, that that that's awesome. So those were during the the glory days of of the Rams. So so what what was that that exactly like as far as just walking in there, even that that first day, and and introducing yourself to some of those those Rams legends. You know, it was really cool because some of I think Isaac Bruce and Tori they had came to one of my high school games before, um, and stood on the sideline and at a playoff game because our high school team was really really good. We had ten guys go Division One or Division One Double A off my high school team my senior year. Wow. Uh, we were the state runner-ups my senior year. We were state tr- champions in track. But we had a really talented group of young guys who were together. And so uh, in the city of St. Louis, our team was really known. We were known as that, that, that team. You know, every a lot of young guys looked up to us, and a lot of the older guys gave us a lot of respect because of the work that we put on the field. But just being able to walk into that locker room, having my locker – right next to Tory Holt, right next to a guy named, like Leroy uh, Glover, across from Orlando Pace and Isaac Bruce. Oh. It was really surreal, man, and just being able to learn from them. And I still have this book that uh, Isaac Bruce gave me called The Maker's Diet. Uh, and it's based – it's a diet plan, a health plan based on uh, biblical – you know, theories and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool, man. I still oh. can call them and talk to them, and so it's, it's really cool. Oh, that that's sweet. Brandon Williams, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former NFL wide receiver. Now he's a speaker, broadcaster, 
coach, author, uh, and we'll talk more uh, about the financial side that, that he's involved with as well in just a few minutes. But but your your career was was cut a little short due to injury, and and so as you look back at that time, how, how difficult was that, and 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 what do you kind of remember from your thought process while going through that? You know, my last year I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I was in camp, and I was about twenty five, I think twenty six. And I was in the best shape of my life, right? Man. I was feeling really good. Uh, I was about a buck 90. And I had played most of my career at like 77, 78. But I had got up to about a buck 90. Because, you know, as, as young men, we don't, our bodies don't fully mature True. until really after 25. Yeah. Right? So I was starting to mature and really grow into my body. And then I tore uh, my oblique, man, in camp. Oh. And that it, it, it was a slight tear. So it didn't put me out for the remainder of the season, which in retrospect, I'm like, man, I wish it kind of would have put me out for the whole season because that would have gave me a whole year to really be on IR ah. and get myself together, get stronger, uh, get more in the playbook. But it was a slight tear. So what ended up happening, I had to miss about six days of camp. Mm. And if anybody knows anything about camp in the National Football League, it's, first of all, it's only three weeks. And you only get so many opportunities to make a first impression. True. Um, and if somebody if somebody else makes a great impression, they usually start catering uh, all the opportunities to that person. And oh. so it was a guy who, who when I got hurt, this this guy he started making a lot of plays. Uh, mm. He started he returned a punt for a touchdown in the game in the preseason game, and after that it was pretty much a wrap. He was the guy. Mm. Um, and so really my opportunities diminished. And I re- once I recovered, it was just a tough situation. And after that, I got released. It was, I still came down to the last cuts. I made the last cuts. And they were just like, man, if you had some, you know, practice squad eligibility or if, ah. we, if we could figure out a way to keep you around, man, we would because, you know, you, we know you're a good player, blah, blah, blah. But it, we got to make a move. Um, and so at that point, you know, I was 26 had a daughter and I was like, you know, I got to make some money. I got to, I got to raise a, raise my daughter, raise a family, blah, blah, blah. And and I really just said, you know, I I stopped focusing on the game. Hmm. Like I had other, I did other workouts and trials, but I stopped working out. I I wasn't really at my tip top anymore because I just lost, I lost it. I just was like, this is it, man. I'm going to focus on my life after the game. And it was just a struggle, man. It was a, it was a, a major struggle. So that wow. was kind of how that situation ended for me. Yeah. Well, so take me into what your your faith was like before this specific time that you're kind of describing that, that is so difficult. And, and, and then maybe how did your faith change following the, this scenario and, and this season of life? You know, I, I've always grown up in a family that was um, very big into church. We, we went to church a lot. We, we, we studied the word a lot. Um, and so I was kind of that really, but I still really had a surface level of understanding of the word and, uh, and having a surface level of faith. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew God played a, a very important part of my life and I knew he took me out of dangerous situations that mm. could have been fatal for me, you know, just situations looking back on life in high school and even in college. And, you know, in college, he really was trying to uh, get in my life and get attached to me at the hip. And I avoided it. I wow. fought it throughout college because I had best friends, 
uh, that I went to college with, they would lead Bible study groups uh, during during the week on the weekends or Fridays uh, before games and even in the off season. Uh, and, and I never went to one. Oh man, I never, I never went to one. And I was just like, you know what? I'm in college, man. I'm having fun. I ain't trying to sit here and talk about Bible study and mm. all this stuff every all these weekends. And I totally avoided God. I totally avoided his voice. And he was just giving me opportunity yeah. to get closer and closer to him. And then once I got into the NFL, it was kind of the same way. You know, I, I read my Bible a little bit. And I actually, I grew up in a house. Well, I grew up in a family where I had um, Muslims in my family as well. So some, my uncle was a Muslim. My dad was a Muslim. So when oh. I think Muslim, the nation of Islam, right? So, oh, wow. Uh, so I was conflicted mm. most of my life. I was conflicted because, you know, in society, it's all about what religion you are. Like, are you Christian, Baptist, and are you Islam? Are you Buddhist? Are you atheist? Like, what is your religion? Yeah. What is your denomination? Yep. Um, and, and once, and, until I, I matured in my faith, um, I really started to, as I matured in my faith, I really started to understand that it's, it's really about the kingdom and it's really about, about God's word and not so much about a religion because Jesus never preached religion. No, he only preached, he only preached the kingdom and bringing you to the word and helping you get closer to the word and get closer to God. And so once you really dig deep into that aspect and have, and grow in that, your faith, your maturity uh, grows in your faith, you really don't understand it. You know, and, and it yeah. took me a while to really understand that and know that, um, because like I said, I grew up in a, in a, in a house. I grew up in that time where I went to church on Sunday, but then at a the time in my life, I lived with my uncle for two years and he was a Muslim. Wow. So I, you know, I read the Quran, I read the Bible, I, I did, you know, Islamic type of prayers, Salats and Shabbats and all that type of stuff. And then I would go back with my mom, you know, in the summer or on the weekend and we go to church, you know, so I was just so confused. I was so confused in my faith, man. And that when you have confusion, you usually don't do anything. And so Mm. that's kind of what I did. I didn't do anything. That's fascinating. So so we're talking with Brandon Williams here on Unpacking It. And and so after wrestling with with all of this, what were some of the maybe the the key moments or the key people that that came alongside you to really point you toward Jesus and and, and to help you really understand the the truth and and, and what you believed? You know, I think it was uh, it was kind of a a process in my marriage. You know, I got married six years ago. Yeah. And my wife was a Jesus holy roller. Um, (laughs) and, And. she is all about, you know, Jesus and the Bible and all this good stuff. And I really, I still was conflicted even, even when we got married. You know, me and her had our conflicts, which really led me to digging deeper into the Word, digging deeper into my faith. Um, and I think her um, become, being in my life and knowing that I made a, a vow to this woman for death, mm. uh, that I didn't want to break that bond that we had made underneath God. And so... I had to learn how to be with her more, which in turn gave got me closer to faith and got me closer to my own analytical and research that I wanted to figure out and understand and dig deeper into my faith. So I think that those two factors kind of played in it that I had a, a marriage and I had a family. I don't want to lose my marriage and my family. So let me dig deeper into my faith and understanding of really what 
life in, is all about. And that's what really got me closer to God and understanding the power of Jesus and, and how, um, you know, what did he really, he was, he, what did he really teach? Wow. That's awesome. What a journey. Brandon Williams, our, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former NFL wide receiver, spent time with the 49ers, Rams, and, and Steelers, and, and, and has written a book called Millionaire Mindset, Seven Principles Athletes Need for Financial Freedom. And, and it's a fascinating title. And, and so I, I guess kind of first off, what gave you this passion to, to really think about athletes and and finances and and to really have this this passion and desire to help and motivate pro athletes to to understand what it means to have financial freedom yeah so i mean it's a it's a well-known publicized statistics that you know roughly 70 plus percent of nfl players go bankrupt or lose have financial issues five years after they leave the game um and i i actually live that statistic and so, you know, a year after I left the NFL, I ended up having to file bankruptcy, lost houses, lost cars. And from that moment on, going through that journey and that experience, I was like, it has to be my duty, um, number one, to help athletes of all backgrounds create a mindset that creates financial freedom and help give them solid principles that they can live their life on from a financial standpoint. And then I knew that one day my brother, who plays for the Buffalo Bills now, would have an opportunity to play in the National Football League. And so I was like, look, I got to be my brother's keeper. Mm. I got to help my brother not go through the same uh, situations and issues that I went through from a financial standpoint. And I had to make sure that I educated myself and, and got enough skills and knowledge so that I could help him through that process. And so that was really my ulterior motive. That was the the work that God had put in my hands and said, this is your purpose. You need to go. And, you know, I I wrote my book in less than 60 days. Oh, wow. Um, It was something that was just, it was just led my, it was spirit led, uh, to be quite honest with you. And I just started writing and started putting things together and it just started to happen. I was originally writing a different book, a totally different book. I had started the process of writing a totally different book. Really? all of a sudden in the middle of that process, it was like, stop, do this. This is the book you should be writing. And it just flowed and it just, it was just rolling. And uh, so I was very excited uh, about that book, man. And I just think that it's, it transcends not just athletics, but entrepreneurs, uh, you know, anybody who's making a transition in their career, that's really trying to understand that mindset of an athlete and how you just keep going and keep going and fight through adversity um, and then some of those principles of how to, how to, I feel how to build wealth, uh, to be honest with you. And it's, it's not telling you the X's and O's of the financial markets and that you need a budget and all this stuff It's really more based around, uh, how to build a team, how hmm. to build a brand, uh, how to create multiple streams of income. Uh, how, how do you market yourself? Um, how do you, what, who is uncle Sam and, and the, the, um, you know, the issues that come along with taxes and all this type of stuff and just giving examples. Um, and, and then, you know, networking to the network. Like that's one of the chapters is how do you network with people the, the proper way? The word network has work in it. So mm-hmm. there's a, it's a lot of work that goes into it. I can have a Rolodex of a thousand people, but 
the reality is if I don't connect with Bryce at least four to five, maybe six times a year and let him know, hey, this is what I got going on, man, and yeah. I would love for you to be a part of it, or if what, what do you have going on, just, just letting you know what I'm doing, how can you actually help me make more money or help me grow whatever I'm doing if you don't even really know what I'm doing? Uh, so it's no way you can do that with a thousand people in your contact. It's really, you can have a big Rolodex, but how are you utilizing that Rolodex? How are you connecting and communicating with the people in that Rolodex? Those, that is where the, the, the true value lies in taking your network and turning it into net worth. Uh, so that's, that's really the importance. And those are some of the principles that I talk about in that book. That's cool. I like that because I'm, I'm big into uh, connecting, networking, and, and all that. So I, I buy into that. that that's cool. Well, in, in speaking about uh, money and athletes, and I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there from the athletes, but also from the fans, what do you think about maybe just kind of people's views from the outside looking in where, where there may be, yeah, just some misconceptions that you've noticed? Um, well, I think some, some misconceptions that people have about athletes is that we're all the same. Hmm. Uh, all, we all just, you know, are guys who are not very intellectual, who don't really understand what it's like to be a, a quote unquote regular person, mm, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, and so those are some things that, that people don't really understand. And people just assume that we have everything figured out in life and that, just because we have money or just because we've earned a little piece uh, of the American dream that we can never, you know, that we, we make all the right decisions. Like we make bad decisions just like everybody else. And just that our decisions are magnified uh, in social media, in the regular media and, 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 and our decisions impact more people. Uh, and so being a person who say, you know, you're the first person in your family to go to the NFL or, whatever that may be, and you make a million dollars, that million dollars can essentially affect generations after you. And you're expected to carry that burden. But somebody who has never had any aspirations of going to the NFL, hey, they're the sixth person in their family to get a PhD. They don't have that burden. They don't Mm. have to carry that burden of, of carrying a legacy of people behind them like a lot of professional athletes have to carry and are not equipped to carry that at all. Um, and then I think you flip that, you look at what are, what do athletes have a misconception about everybody else is that, look, people are attracted to your gift, right? So meaning people are attracted to what you're doing for them and how you make them feel. So when I was scoring touchdowns, people cheered for me because I scored the touchdown. Hmm. But as soon as somebody else replaced me and scored the touchdown, they were still cheering for that person who scored the touchdown. So they're really cheering for the touchdown. Hmm. They're not cheering for you. So when you have lived with that humility (laughs) and understanding that, hey, I'm just the vessel that's making them happy. People are attracted to my gifts. Hmm. They're attracted to what I can I can do for them or how I make them feel. They're not attracted to this human body. Like they're not attracted to me as like, they want to know my intellectual capital and stuff like that. Right. So when you live like that and when you truly, truly understand, you can accept ridicule from fans. You can accept behavior from fans because you know, they just are, they're just attracted to the results. They're not really, they don't even know me. 
So how can I be upset at somebody being upset with me and they don't even really know me, you know? So, so that's, that's a huge piece of being able to kind of cope with life after the game. Man, very interesting perspective from Brandon Williams right now on Unpacking It, former NFL wide receiver. And, and I guess the, the final question and, and thought maybe to, to share with, with our listeners today is this idea, and you mentioned it a little bit, just how to use obstacles. And I think I've, I even read using the word interceptions in life to achieve success <laughs> and, and more importantly, to, to deepen someone's faith in God when they face obstacles what what's kind of your your message today as we wrap things up yeah i mean look it's it's in in life there's definitely going to be many many obstacles and 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 in society today um you know we go to school and we get an a that's success we go to school we get an f that's failure Hmm. uh you may not pass on to the next grade but school doesn't necessarily translate to life right so like in life you may get an f on this project that you have at your company, but that don't mean you're going to get fired. Hmm. And, and even if you did get fired, guess what? You can get another job. True. So failure doesn't always mean it's over. Failure is not final. Failure is just really feedback. Hmm. Like, okay, what do I need to work on? This, if I failed at this, this is an area I need to grow in. This is an area I need to graduate in and put more time in and put more effort in. If this is a place in my life that I want to have success in. And so really fighting through adversity, I, I, I call uh, building confidence. That is so key because people gain and lose confidence all the time. But having a consistent commitment to your preparation will always end up in a positive situation for you, especially when it comes to building your confidence. Right? Like, like that's one of the things I always talk about, a consistent commitment to preparation. And that's the only way I went from being cut to trying to figure out what was my next step and what was my next journey in life. I just was consistently committed to preparing for whatever the next thing was, hmm. whether I, cause when I left the league, I became a Jack of all master of none. Hmm. So I was doing all these different things uh, and to, to try to have success and build my confidence. And eventually one of them hit, right? So like I became successful at uh, being a commentator. And so I, I use that success as a commentator to build into other areas of my life. And, 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 you know, to be honest, Bryce, the biggest thing to, to, uh, defeat obstacles yeah. is to know your purpose. Mm. It's to just know if you know your purpose. And I think God, God has really called me to help more people find their purpose because I think finding your purpose is connecting with God. And the only way you can connect with God is through prayer and speaking to him amen and connecting with him and listening to him and and folk letting him guide your steps your actions your thoughts and your words and so prayer is so seminal to 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 everything we do because that's the connection point to god right so once you connect that piece you'll connect your purpose and then once you plan out your purpose plans are the key to to having confidence and fighting through change and just making it right so like that's that's really what it is, man. That's cool. Well, Brandon, man, really appreciate you being a part of the show today and, and just appreciate your uh, your passion and your energy and uh, and wish you the, the best. Man, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to connect with, with you, man, and fellowship with you, and I'd uh, love to do it again. Absolutely. Well, that sounds great. There's Brandon Williams here on Unpacking It.
I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was a really interesting story and a unique perspective on on kind of the financial side of things and and just his experience and and his desire and passion to actually help other athletes hopefully skip some of the issues that that he may have dealt with in, in regards to being forced to, to to face bankruptcy which is which is just a a devastating thing when you think about it where, where these athletes they end up with so much money and then it just goes away and it's just oh you, you got to learn the foundations of money first because whether it's a hundred thousand dollars or ten million dollars or ten thousand dollars how you manage it is is the key so and, and your thoughts on money and all that so uh i thought that was interesting hope you did as well but the 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 one aspect that I wanted to talk about today, and hopefully is just an encouragement to us, is first off, if we're already a follower of Jesus, I think looking back at our life to to really think about and maybe even thank the people that God used in our lives to to point us toward Him, and 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 today Brandon mentioned you know, just throughout his life where he'd get invited maybe to a Bible study or to chapel, and, and he just didn't go. And, and, and he could maybe sense that, that God was trying to, to draw him in, but, but Brandon maybe wasn't listening and, and eventually uh, realized it once he got married and, and all that. But, but for us, if you look back and you really think about, okay, who, who did God use? And then maybe if you've never told that person, just to be an encouragement to them to say, hey, listen, you, you played a key role in, in my decision to follow Jesus. And, and I just think that's encouraging because then that may motivate them to, to do that for someone else. And you know, maybe they're discouraged and, and that could just be a game changer for them. So that's one element of it. But then the other side of it, if you're listening today and you're not a follower of Jesus, who in your life is maybe pointing you toward God or in what ways is God drawing you to himself? There are clear instances, circumstances, moments, people, conversations, and it's evident that, that God's drawing you and, and saying, hey, 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 whoever, whatever your name is, hey, I, I love you, I care about you, I want, I want you to know me, and, and I want you to follow Jesus. And, and so if you're feeling that tug, I, I hope you'll, uh, you'll seriously consider it and, and just chase after God. And, and surrender and, and, and open your heart to, to receive that salvation and that grace that he offers. And so uh, I hope that that's, that's something to, to think about and just an encouragement uh, to you today. But really appreciate you listening. Also, check out our, our two-minute feature that we do as well. It's just a, a quick audio feature, uh, some thoughts on Game 1 of the NBA Finals and, and talked about this concept of passing. Uh, and, and the way that the Warriors passed the ball so well. So go check that out on unpackingit.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.